Blog Talk Radio. Oh, this is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some, some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Very good. We we are live. It is May the twenty first, twenty twenty, at seven oh one PM Eastern time, Eastern daylight time. It's a Thursday. And if you're listening right now, then you're listening to us live. And if you're not listening at what I just said, a date or time, then you're listening to the archive, which is cool. So thanks for tuning in any of those live or archive. And what else is going on? Nothing. Oh, Memorial Day coming up Monday, which sort of snuck up on us here. Um. is it Monday? What is the twenty fourth? No, a week from Monday. Uh, no, no, it is Monday, the twenty fifth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we uh, have a holiday. So all of you people are working real hard out there to take the day off. And uh, oh wait, most people have been taking the day off, so it's no big deal, I guess. But that's the only only thing that's happening coming up here. Um, they're talking about starting sports again. They're doing NASCAR. They ran it with no fans in the stands. And they're talking about starting up uh, other sports. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Maybe get back to some sort of normal. But throughout all of this, you've always had all about wine you can sit back and listen to. We have been here the whole time. But you know what? You know about this show. We we have since two thousand nine, and, and maybe you've noticed it in the past. But we have been self quarantining since two thousand nine. You're in West Florida studio. I'm in mm-hmm. somewhere else in Florida in my studio. You know, central. I have no idea yeah. what's what's going on. Central is that what it is? Oh, okay. Yeah, um, central. <laughs> central Florida. <laughs> yeah. Terrifying. I. I have uh, you know, no idea what's happening over there. So we've been self-quarantining since 2009, at least. We have, and, we have um, set the standard. We have. We have set lead. the standard for self-quarantine. <laughs> yeah. We have. We, we've right. been doing it now for <laughs> for 10 years. So, so. That's right. There you We're go. not in a yeah. big studio with eight seats around it or anything like that. This is all, and no. our guest coming on tonight is, is also um, basically from us, you know, 
isolated, yes. I guess, somewhere over, over in California. He's, so. Yeah, he's you know so you know so we've been in fact all of our guests we've been well every once in a while we get a husband and wife right. team coming on but otherwise it's still husband and wife so so you're absolutely right yeah. we we have been self quarantined we have set the standard for self quarantine for over ten That's years right. now. <laughs> yep. yep. Good for us. We are you know uh, what what is it? Uh, oh, I can't think of my word. We are uh, trendsetters, is what we are. Oh, wow. Trendsetters right. when, it, when it comes to self-quarantine. Yes. I like so, that term. Wonderful. Good, good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Nobody listens to us, but, you know, no no, no uh, government official asked for our opinion. Hey, how should we do this? Because we could have told them. Could have given them the, we the, could uh, have told them. Yeah, yeah all the you're details. right. You're right. No. Yeah, because we've been doing it. We know. We know how it's done now. So, <laughs> hey, <all> right. <laughs> good for us. <laughs> right. So, now, now we know how. Now we know where we fit in. We are trendsetters. We are, we've set the standard for self-quarantine. And yeah. we welcome all of you, all of you for the last 11 years, self-quarantining while you listen to us. So mm-hmm. that is appreciated also. Although now since we're on Facebook, there's probably a little bitty groups out there that are listening to us. But that's usually within a household, so I don't think they have all about wine listening parties. So therefore... Which is a good idea, but you know, probably just households. And you so, might have invented something for a future show. I have no idea. That's that something to think about. <laughs> all about wine. All about party. wine listening party. There you go. That's an yeah. idea too. You're right. You know, and, <laughs> and use it. Use it as just a, a form. Just people can type in questions. And we can just answer for the for the listening party. There you go. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Something to put up on the shelf and bring it down <laughs> a different date. Yeah. <laughs> See what we can do. <laughs> so our guest isn't calling us. He should be. I told him to call us a couple minutes past seven Eastern time. And since he lives in California, that's a couple minutes after four. And California time, so our West Coast time, but he hasn't called us yet. We're sitting here waiting with bated breath for him to get a hold of us. He he is Philip Philip Philippe P H I L L I P P E Philippe Philip Langner. Oh, I think there he is. We'll ask him how he pronounces his name. Let me bring him on. Hello, Philip. Welcome to uh-huh. All About Wine. Good to meet you. Nice to meet you, Ron. You also. Now, first question, is it Philip, Felipe, uh, uh, Peter? What is it? <laughs> I don't even <laughs> care. It's, uh, uh, it, it depends on the language. <laughs> okay, French, this is English now. So, Philip... Philip? Uh, Philip okay. is fine. Yep. So okay. <laughs> okay. I had a good friend <laughs> in, in grade school who was named Philip, so I just, oh, but yeah? he didn't spell it that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the French spelling. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay. And in, All right. In Spanish, it's Felipe. <laughs> oh, okay. That's right. Well, it looks looks close to Felipe, and that's what I was thinking. But, you know, like that's I say, it's, of, yeah. it's the E that's a tricky French E. It's a silent E. <laughs> oh, okay. 
So the French, that's right, the French do, if they ended in, in that, they dropped the, the last there. So, yeah. so uh, welcome to All About Wine. We uh, Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad you took the time out to join us on the show tonight. So, Hesperian Winery. Uh, I, I, you know, I got your press release and I read through most of it and all that. And I'm I'm not gonna, yeah, I, I'm gonna let you explain because it's your winery, and I'm gonna let you explain to the listeners and everything. Hesperian Winery. Well, first, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, where you, where your roots are and how you ended up with a winery in California? Uh, So I'm, uh, or I was, I suppose, a bit of a vagabond uh, when I was uh, young. Uh, My father worked for a German multinational in pharmaceuticals called Hook. And um, every three years we would change country. And it was always in the third world. So I was born in El Salvador, my sister too. Um, then when I was six months, uh, we left, I uh, went to Bangladesh. Uh, oh, wow. I think we lasted only two years over there cause it was so, so, so difficult. Uh, and the climate really brutal. <laughs> then, uh, we went to Colombia where we stayed three years. And then after Colombia, we went to Zaire, which is nowadays a very democratic Republic of Congo. Right. And uh, I spent there 10 years because uh, my father did two terms for the company over there, and then he started his own business. And he stayed there through all the civil wars and all that stuff. And Mm -hmm. um, he just passed away uh, two years ago. And uh, so then... I wasn't doing very much in school, <laughs> so uh, my p- parents shipped me to boarding school in Switzerland. Uh, it was an international boarding school uh, where we were all uh, stuck in there. Um, we could only get out Wednesday afternoons and Saturday afternoons. Wow. Um, uh, but we were all interns in the college, which was good for me because uh, uh, otherwise my parents were still in Africa. And so I stayed there three years, and it was a bilingual school where half the schooling was actually the, they were doing the French uh, baccalaureate, they were doing the Swiss maturité, it's called, and they were doing the A-levels and the O-levels, which is more a British system. Uh, But so half the school spoke English, and their classes were in English. Uh, And then um, a lot of them were applying to the U.S. Uh, for school, I wasn't very much tempted by France because I hadn't really lived there by, uh, until then. And um, so I applied in the U.S. I applied in warm places because I liked the heat. <laughs> <laughs> I applied in uh, Florida at Gaines- in Gainesville. Uh, they have a good tropical agronomy school. And then um, I applied in Louisiana and at UC Davis, and I ended up at uh, UC Davis. Ah. So I always wanted to work in agriculture since I was a little kid uh, and turned out they were, so I knew I wanted to do agronomy and I went to Davis because uh, having grown up in the tropics, we, uh, my dad had a farm also in Zaire and a ranch in Colombia, uh, although it wasn't his main business, but we, 
And so I lost the train of my thoughts. <laughs> uh-huh. So. You want to be in agriculture and... Yeah, oh, yeah. So I went to Davis because Davis was really instrumental in the Green Revolution that raised the yields of uh, major crops in the world. Uh, I was going to say the third world, but uh, in our world, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I did my undergrad over there. Uh, then after my undergrad, I had to do my military service in France because it was still compulsory. I would not oh. have done it otherwise. What, two years? uh, uh, No, it was one year. One year? Yeah, one year, yeah, already too much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, for what you do in a year, it's it's ridiculous. Anyway, um, and then I came back back to Davis and did uh, two masters, one in agronomy and one in agricultural economics. Oh, um, I was thinking eventually, you know, I was thinking when I started my master's that I would continue into a PhD. And then uh, when I saw that my life was going to be a lot of writing articles and things like that, I, co- I just stopped at the master's. <laughs> but for someone who didn't do well in school, you got yourself two masters. That's, that's something there. Oh. Well, it became interested in uni- interesting in university. <laughs> oh, that, well, that's true. That's and, and I really liked what I what I studied, and so it was fun for me. And, that makes uh, a difference. So, um, yep, uh, and good good uh, schooling in Davis, uh, good um, uh, intellectual formation, um, but. Um, then I went. I was burned out after my two masters. I went to France. I tried. <laughs> banking for six months because my sister is a banker and you know she really enjoys it her friends were fun in finance so I tried it absolutely hated it uh, <laughs> really yeah it's really not for me I couldn't stand in an office all day long I had too much energy and um, and I like to be outside so um, the property the bank it was a Rothschild bank and uh, they have uh, I knew the family, and eventually they said, listen, uh, they were very surprised I didn't like banking, but uh, they said, well, if you like agriculture, we have a chateau in Bordeaux. Uh, go see if you like it. Try it. Oh, wow. And so I went a little reluctantly because Bordeaux doesn't have a very good reputation in France uh, in terms of being very uh, caste-like socially. Uh-huh. Uh, and... Um, but it was fun. I, I learned a lot. I stayed for five years at Chuck Clark. Uh, I wanted to stay that long to see, because uh, we have very long cycles in wine. The decisions oh, yeah. we make in the vineyard now will have a repercussion on the quality of the fruit and hence of the wine. But then the way you treat the wine in the winery uh, and then the way you age it, it, it's a whole understanding of the um, evolution of tannins. And I wanted to really understand that. And you, if you do short internships here and there, you learn stuff, uh, no doubt, but you're missing parts if you don't stay long enough to see the whole evolution of a wine. Mm-hmm. And so I stuck it uh, over there for that long, um, uh, people were very nice with me too, so that was helpful. And it opened a lot of doors uh, for me to go and visit many uh, uh, very good properties in Bordeaux, top properties. 
that are usually very close to the public. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the, the Rothschild connection uh, helped me to uh, open many doors. Initially, I didn't use it, and then I used it, and it was amazing the, the difference. <laughs> Quite shocking. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, when you know someone, it makes a difference. Yes. I, yep. I discovered that many years ago. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so, uh, so I stayed five years in France, and then I started missing the good weather from California. And uh, not only that, but also the, at the time, um, there were many more opportunities uh, here. And it was very dynamic. And so I felt I could uh, find something. But uh, it happened uh, in a very uh, serendipitous way in that I was on a tourist visa. I was visiting, talking to some winemakers that I had met uh, to see if I could line up a, a job for the following year. And um, I ended up at Sullivan Vineyards in Rutherford, and no. I didn't really realize, realize it, but they interviewed me, and I thought it was <laughs> kind of weird, <laughs> but, but I'm polite, so I answered all their questions, and after 15 minutes, they asked me if I wanted to stay for harvest. And I was like, uh, what? what? <laughs> I was like, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, uh, we were in September I was like uh, uh, yes, they're like can you start in two days I was like no, no. <laughs> I don't have a visa I don't have a house, I don't have a car I don't have anything so uh, we worked it out and so I started Harvest at Sullivan in 2001 uh-huh. in uh, 2002 um uh, they let me do one tank uh, my way in 2001, and it was the favorite tank, so they trusted me a little more, and they let me be in charge of the vineyards uh, starting 2002, and uh, the winery. And so Fantastic. I was their winemaker there, like full-on uh, from vineyard to bottling from 2002. And I left in 2010, in spring 2010. Uh, and so, yeah, um, it was fun. I learned a lot. And uh, after a while, it, um, I knew the vineyard really well because it's not that big. It was 23 acres. Um, and we had done a lot of stuff in the vineyard to bring it up to speed. But uh, I was starting to get a little antsy and a little bored, and, and I found a beautiful little vineyard in Coombsville uh, that I fell in love with. And uh-huh. that's how Hesperian started in 2004. Uh, oh. It was, uh, and still is, a very nice little vineyard on a very fair, relatively steep slope, uh, short plants, narrow planted. And uh, very great potential, uh, very nice red uh, volcanic soil with um, nice uh, rocks in it. And um, that's how the adventure started. I was all excited. I bought six fermentation barrels and uh, fermented the wine in there. And I was to hell with everybody. This was my <laughs> wine. I will make a wine that is beautiful in 20 years. Because <laughs> yeah, I was coming from a, a tradition of more age-worthiness, you know, the, and, and actually, personally, all my great experiences with wine 
have been um, on older wines that, that have uh-huh. matured, that are softer, that have uh, more compl- complexity more com- uh, in the wine, more subtlety. And uh, those were the times when you have those, those sensations, those feelings that really transport you in wine, and that's what hooks you. And, uh, and so I want, that's what I still do. I make age-worthy wine. So it was a bit of a shock when I got my first critic from uh, the wine spectator because I made a wine <laughs> that was the complete opposite of what he likes. You know, it was not juicy. It was super tannic. It was acidic. Uh, it was meant to be drunk, you know, in 15, 20 years. And uh-huh. the guy just didn't get it at all. And so after that, I got scared. I still made the wines I wanted to make, but I just didn't present them to the critics. <laughs> there you I go. Like, That's you know, just... I, I know I have people who like these wines. It's just more work, but uh, I will find them. <laughs> and, and, that's and, it. Uh, and there are lots of people out there that like those. You know, there no question about yeah. it. So you, you've transitioned in, uh, into the vineyard and, and t- are into the winery now, and you're talking about the winery. Uh, let's go with uh, a couple of things. How many, how many different vineyards do you have, and how many acres in each? So I, have, I own one vineyard uh, on okay. Assis Peak, which is the hill just northeast uh, of the town of Napa. So I'm really close to town. I'm 15 minutes from uh, 15, 20 minutes from downtown, but it's completely wild up here. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm surrounded by chaparral, and uh, I just see one vineyard at the top, and that's it. And uh-huh. all the rest is wilderness around, um, which is great, except when it's, it burns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. yes. And speaking and of burn... So, uh, Alan told me to ask you about the fires and you, that you you lost the vineyard during the fires. So this vineyard, uh, I didn't lose the vineyard. It was very shocking the first time I saw it because the heat had singed a lot of leaves and it looked like half to a third of the vineyard was going to be gone. But it just singed the leaves. Um, and, uh, and in reality, uh, after once we were able to get back on the vineyard, uh, we started cutting some wood, and the majority was still green inside. So that meant we were uh-huh. alive. And, um, but I had some vines on the edges of the vineyard uh, where there was a lot of chaparral. That, and if they were downwind from it, then they got burned. I mean, toast charcoal oh, really? is just completely gone but oh my gosh. Uh, it's just a few edges of the vineyard because they had to be downwind and uh, so I lucked out uh, in the vineyard mm-hmm. the house burned completely all the equipment the irrigation oh my gosh. The, ha- the tractor the ATV everything and oh my gosh. Um, yeah <laughs> Why? Yep. Why is it that we didn't? We hear about a couple of the wineries that burned to the ground. We never heard about Hesperian. Because no, I didn't have a wine. I don't have a winery right now. Uh, I just got my permit last year to build one, uh, so I didn't lose the winery. That's why you didn't hear about it. I'm cutting oh. at the moment, and okay. that winery was away from the fires. 
Oh, okay. And uh, oh, I was going to yeah. say because you know we always hear reports, and when the fires went through, I did a lot of research on it to pass on what what damage was done, all that. And I never saw Hesperian uh, listed anywhere. Yeah. So that. Nope. Yeah, because I didn't have. I don't have a winery yet. Uh, oh, it's extremely okay. difficult. Extremely difficult to get a winery permit in Napa. Oh, There's yes. a lot of uh, nimbyism. <laughs> yes, yeah. To be nimbyism. polite, yes, yeah. To be polite, uh, yeah. you know, they got their corner of paradise, and don't touch it. Don't touch the yeah. view. I mean, we even have rules on the view shed. <laughs> yeah, so on. Yeah. I, I read some stuff all the time. Controlling yeah. the color of the houses on the hill. Hey, really? <laughs> <sighs> Oh my gosh. You know, you know, it's like you wonder if you're going to be able to move in 20 years. Already now it's kind of difficult. But, you know, they may keep on making more and more rules and our hands are more and more tied. <laughs> I'm constantly seeing stuff written about that somebody's battling the powers that be in Napa County trying to do oh. something. And I'm shaking my head, and I'm going, well, that's a simple thing to do. But the powers that be say, no, you can't do that. You know, and it's that's just, right. it's, But because they get pressure from other people who don't want anything to happen. They just want to block yeah. it, to just stop it in time. Uh, that's just the yeah. reality that we have to, you know, we deal with. And, I mean, honestly, the fire was the easy part. The reconstruction was the nightmare. Oh, yeah. uh, because of the county permits and all that stuff, and you know, it's bureaucracy, and you've got you know the eyes have to be all dotted, and I mean, and then construction is a nightmare. I'm really yeah, happy the house is over. I've got you know I got rid of a lot of anger <laughs> because <laughs> these, oh my god, it's amazing how slowly people work. I mean, two and a half years to build, it's a modern house, it's a relatively simple house, it's very linear, you know, uh, it's modern, so there's no complications inside. It took him two and a half years. That's amazing. I contacted the constructors like a month after the fire, or like three weeks into the fire, because I knew it was going to be a problem, and still... There's still people rebuilding now. Even yet? Wow. Yeah. That's, you yeah, know, it, that's, well, maybe you, know, you can give them a <laughs> little bit of leeway because there's so much building to do. But still, two and a half yeah. years to, to build a house is just not, uh, yeah, no, that's It's not un- right. And then prices almost, you know, and then there's price gouging because, you know, the people who lost their stuff want to rebuild. And so there's a limited amount of constructors. Uh, and then it was burning in LA. And then the following year, Paradise. The next the year following year, Sonoma again. Yet last year, yeah. LA again. So within, it's not like you could bring constructors from LA or from other areas. Ongoing thing. Everyone's everywhere building, keeping busy. Well, but still, two and a half years, yep. that's just amazing. You know, I just I, I've talked to different people about the fires out there, and they said that overall it hasn't really been too bad. They said, but putting everything back together and getting everything started up has been a problem, and that is probably why because of uh, yeah. the delays in construction on everything. Yeah, absolutely. 
So, wow. Yeah, and, oh. um, but I have the house. I'm feeling much happier. Uh, I moved in during uh, COVID. <laughs> and, uh, so you've been in the house. <laughs> pardon? So you're stuck in the house right? yeah, because of the COVID. Oh, well, yeah. you know, uh, we were uh, always considered essential agriculture. And so yes. my life really didn't change all that much because I work from home already. Uh-huh. Um, I, I can go to the vineyard. I can go on my tractor. I can go to the cellar. I can still sell wine online. So uh, in effect, luckily, my, my life didn't really change very much. I, I consider yeah. myself fortunate to live in the countryside because yeah. I can get outside and take a walk and, uh, you know, feel refreshed. But um, yeah, I would hate to be in a small apartment in the city right now. Uh, oh, my gosh, yes. That, that, just scary to think about that. Uh, but okay, yeah. your your wines. Uh, that's uh, you have just the one vineyard. How many acres? That fourteen point two acres. So this up here. Yes, it's fourteen point two acres. I'm on average at fourteen hundred feet elevation. It's extremely wow. rocky. It's a pile of rocks. I mean, you talk <laughs> to any grower not to speak, and you ask them what's the defining factor? Rocks. 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 <laughs> uh, volcanic rocks it's all it's a volcanic uh, ch- uh, chain it basically goes from here to Howell mountain and continues it's uh, the same uh, volcanic soils and uh, but here it's a little cooler because we're closer to the base so and uh, there is always a breeze up here it's a little cooler definitely cooler than Pritchard Hill but same soils because it's the continuation <laughs> and then then after Pritchard Hill, it dips down to Lake Hennessy and then goes straight back up into Howell Mountain. But Howell Mountain mm-hmm. is higher. Um, oh. And they have more soil than we have on Atlas Peak. <laughs> oh. They actually have soil. Um, and so the vineyard struggles up here uh, quite a bit. It's, uh, I have to be really on top of irrigation because uh, there's no water reserves in the soil or very little. It's oh, good wow. because I can control the physiology of the plant really well with, uh, wa- uh, you know, with this uh, hydric deficit. And mm. then, um, so for example, as it's growing, there's a point where you don't need it to grow anymore because the soils are so shallow here. If I turn the tap off, the plant stops growing and then it will concentrate on uh, the berries. So I can play with it a little bit. If I want to, the berry size or the number of cells in a berry is set uh, after flower, uh, once the berry starts forming. If, it's, if the plant is in a very good state, plenty nutrition, plenty water, good sun, it will create a lot of cells. And those cells are what determines the size of your berry. If uh, you stress it a little bit during uh, berry uh, development, then you will have smaller berries. The, the, you will have less, berry, less cells in the berry. So you can water as much as you want afterwards. The berry won't get big. Ah, it's already so set. it allows me a lot of technical um, control over the vineyard, but it's tricky. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. You and, know, you, uh, you got to know right when to do it. Uh, you're one of those right. that I talk about. I tell 
I've mentioned before that some growers will stop watering uh, to stress a little bit of the plant, which puts a little bit more fruit uh, character without the water. Yes, and you're, you're doing so that. Yeah. I, I always describe it as the, the vines need to stress. Uh, it's like people. Somebody who's had like a super easy life usually is not a very interesting person. Uh, I find that it's the same way with the vineyard. If the vine struggles a little bit, it makes for much more interesting wine. But if you stress it too much like a person, you will break the spirit of it. Mm -hmm. And so if... if, um, because the, water, the soils are shallow, the, berry, the berries are small, the wines are intense. And if I'm not careful with that irrigation, initially I used to not water enough, I suppose. You get drying tannins. No. And that's one of the difficulties we have on, uh, at the speak. We're all fighting a little bit those drying tannins. Uh-huh. Uh, that can be very strong because we have a lot of tannins. And so then it becomes a question of managing your extractions in the, in the uh, winery, in the tank. Right. And, uh, and I have lowered my temperature progressively, lowered my pump over regimen and the duration of it. Uh, and I also pick riper than I used to because uh, that way the, the tannins are a little softer. And uh, it's been a, a big already, ongoing. Go ahead. I'm just going to ask: Have you already got bud break now? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we're. Uh, I'm probably gonna. I have so at least two vineyards it's down on the valley floor. One in Coombsville, one in Napa. They're mm-hmm. small. Um, and I will go tomorrow to the one in uh, Napa, and I suspect it will be flowering. Oh, wow. Uh, and the one up here, it's a little cooler in the mountain, or, and it buds later. Uh, so up here, I probably will start seeing some flowers next week. But I'm sure uh-huh. I'll, get, uh, I'll get flower next week because we're expecting uh, three days of warm weather, weather at the beginning of the week. So that's going to do it for it. you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's about, in fact, it's almost... It seems to me a little late, a couple of weeks late to be getting flowers. Oh, it's, you know, we've had a weird weather this year. Um, we, uh, I think we're actually on average. Oh, really? Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it, it feel, but it's been weird because we had uh, December and January were really overcast, kind of drizzly, but it didn't rain all that much. It did rain. That's uh-huh. pretty much the only rain we got but not very much. Um, but it felt like it rained a lot because it was great. And then came January, full-on sun, warm weather, uh, like the whole month, not a drop of rain. And then wow. March cooled again. Uh, and then we ex- I expected bud break end of March, but then March cooled. Hmm. So usually my average is the bud break is beginning April. But because beginning April was cool, it got delayed by 10 days. Wow, and okay. And then that, it got hot, yeah. and then it got cold, and <laughs> it's rained these past two weekends, which is quite unusual for us to have mm-hmm. rain, at this, especially the amounts we had. 
this time of year. Yeah, so the vineyard's very happy right now. It got rain. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up and I hear him sing. <laughs> nice temperature. It's just glowing out there. It's really happy. <laughs> uh, good, good. Uh, your uh, your first vintage. I noticed here it says your first vintage was in 2012. That was oh, fermented yes. and bottled where? You said you just now getting your license oh, yes. and so stuff. I uh, I custom crush at a winery in Pope Valley. Oh. And so for people who don't know what custom crush is, it's basically some wineries um, have more space and tanks uh, than they use. So they rent a portion of it. So you have different types of contracts where uh, you can rent the space and you do the work, but then you have to share the equipment, which can be complicated, or you just uh, rent the space and the labor, and you just give them your work order, and you, you keep track of what they do to make sure that they do it. Um, I do, personally, I do a bunch of the stuff myself because I want to make sure that it's done right. Uh, but I could just write work orders and just give it to the guys and come back the next day. <laughs> no, you don't want to do but, that. Uh, no. no, actually, that <laughs> that doing that is a very common practice all over. Though, as you, you know, you did it, but it's a very common practice pretty much all over the place. Uh, small yes. wineries will most, use most, other. Uh, yeah, most small, most small wineries in Napa or anywhere. Um, do it because it's a big investment to build a winery and have all the equipment, so the tanks, the pumps, the cooling, and, oh, yeah. and all the, the equipment uh, is expensive. So when you start a brand, unless you have a lot of money, you come in with a lot of money, it's not going to happen. And uh, Napa is so expensive with everything wow. now that uh, it's pretty much impossible for young winemakers. So you rent space and you build your brand and you grow it, hopefully, and then then uh, you hopefully you can build a winery at one point. <laughs> keep keep it going like you're doing. There you go. Uh, yes. you, you put yes. out j- just Cabernet Sauvignon. Is that not right? I do uh, at this point uh, because uh, I felt I had to. Well, Cabernet's king in Napa and. Even though I like other varietals, I didn't want to. I wanted to have an identity to the project, uh-huh. and uh, I probably will. Uh, now that I have the cage permit, now I have to get the numbers to work, and uh, get a big loan and build it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's we're talking about so three years. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, there's no other catastrophe in the meantime, no oh, yeah. fire no or pandemic or uh, any, any number of things. Like yeah. But so so it's not just I'm going to stay with Cab. It's just the fact that you started with Cab and that's been your your basis. But you will be looking at expanding your yeah. portfolio and. Yes. I've consulted for people over time, and uh, I still do one on one small project now. And, and they have a Chardonnay. They're in Sonoma, uh, the Incarneros. They have a Chard, mm-hmm. and they have a little bit of Merlot and Syrah. And so I make the Chard for them. Uh, it's a very early pick, so lower alcohol, nice natural acidity, brisk, very perfumey. 
a little botanical on the edge, um, very nice. And then they have a little bit of Merlot and Syrah, and I buy some Cabernet to go with it, and it's a very nice red blend. And, and it's going to be the so, wines that you can release too, and you know you won't so have. Those, those are not for me; those are the, my clients. But yeah, uh, I think once I have the cave, I will make a very serious, you know, barrel uh, fermented barrel aged Chardonnay. Oh, uh, maybe and and and, uh, and also uh, I really like to use concrete tanks. Do you? Uh, yeah. I've experimented with it in, in some other wineries uh, with very good results. And so I will have some concrete tanks in the, the winery when I build it. Um, it gives a more creamy character to the wine when you're in concrete, but you don't get the oak influence. So the oak brings that creaminess to the barrel uh, without... Uh, but you don't get that oak component, the flavors of the well, oak. Or any you know, other you can always, in... you can always, as far as the oak goes, you can always do oak chips, oak uh, dust, you any number of things. You can do that. On, you know, uh, to get your I, oak, you know, get that on, touch of it. Yes. So a lot of people look for that character because they're used to it. Um, yes. But in a way, it's makeup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, trying to get a naturally a beautiful woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rather than yeah. one covered in makeup. <laughs> <laughs> That's well put. I've never heard that, but that is well put. Yes. <laughs> and uh, but I, so I have Hesperian, but I have another brand that's called Anatomy, that's made in a very different spirit. So Hesperian oh. is a serious wine. It's a big wine. It's an age-worthy wine. I uh, aged them five years before I released them. And they're uh, still not ready. Whereas, and they're still not ready, but, but you can drink them. And they, you, typically, they're really good at 10 years. And then they, uh-huh. they keep going for a bunch of other years. Because yeah. uh, there's 2004, my first vintage is still kicking now. I mean, it's still really alive and tannic and has acidity. I mean, it has some tertiary aromas, uh, but it's still kicking. Still, so anyway, still age it. Yeah. Yes, it can still age. Um, the anatomy is made in a very different spirit. It's uh, meant to be much more fun, rounder, softer. Uh, it's not a wine that's meant to impress you. It's a, it's a really good wine at a fair price. Um, it's about uh, retail, it's 45 but uh, if you buy a case, it's 25 and, oh, wow. um, and I don't get great margins on it, but I, I'm a hard-headed, and I think we have to make <laughs> less expensive wines in Napa because I, I want to make good wine that people drink, not yes. just that they collect in their cellars. And so, you know, in a way, anatomy is an excellent pizza wine. <laughs> and, but, you know, and something that's that you can just pop open at night without having, uh, you know, bad conscience that you opened a $100 bottle of wine. <laughs> right. And the thing is, you need that, too, because people – 
like good Napa wines, but they have gotten to the point where people can't afford them. It's just it's yeah, gotten yeah. outrageous yeah. to get them. And then the ones that they like are so tannic and stuff like yours. And people don't have the well, I hate to say this, but they don't have the knowledge of how to take care of the wine and let it age to bring out the fullest potential of that wine. And so, yeah. so, so I, I find that there are people who understand it and who really like wine and they invest in it. So they have their, you know, their wine fridges and all that stuff. Right. Uh, and, and typically I've noticed uh, that people who actually understand and like Hesperian uh, have been drinking wine for at least 10 years. Yeah, yeah. It, and, it's and not super easy. It's a little complicated. It's a little tannic, etc. But once you understand wine, once you had more experience with it, that's what you look for. Uh, that's part of the fun of wine. And um, uh, Hesperian will have it. Uh, anatomy is a much more immediately pleasurable. I mean, I can't escape uh, making it slightly tannic because I like it. That's my training <laughs> from Bordeaux. Good for uh, you. <laughs> I like the tannins too. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, but, but I try to not extract too much on that one. And uh, so it's, you know, a lot rounder, softer, plusher, but, and, uh, very variety correct. It's also a cab, and um, you know it won't break the bank, so you can drink it with uh, a lot of um, without uh, guilty conscience. <laughs> with, yeah, that's it. And I have to point out, and I, I noticed too, uh, the reason it's called anatomy is, as you say, of all the anatomical names that we use for wine: body, legs, yeah. backbone, palate, nose, mouthfeel, weight, fleshy. And so anatomy would work. That is, it's a very good yeah. name to describe the wine. In a way, we use, we use almost more the anatomical description than France, in French. But yeah. um, I wanted to call the wine antidote. <laughs> antidote. <laughs> and yeah. uh, antidote. But we mm. have to go through the TTB. Uh, yes. To get a perm, you know, the permit for your label. Right, approval. And the approval, and they went bananas on it. Uh, there are three three pages of no. Uh, really? Uh, I had a for key, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No antidote. Basically, I couldn't help, uh, claim health benefits. And oh, so and I, I had a little text. Convey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's some like crazy things in there. Like, for example, you can put the word powerful on your back you label as a descriptor of the wine. And you're like, why? And then you go, okay, no, no, it's a bureaucracy. I will not ask why. Okay, Don't I'll ask change. why. You're not going to, you know, you go crazy Don't trying to figure out why. Yeah. Antidote. They wouldn't let you do that. That is so funny. No. That is really yeah. funny. And so then I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to call this wine? <laughs> and uh, and uh, anatomy started two years after Hesperian uh, uh-huh. because I had started a similar wine for Sullivan Vineyard because uh, I oh. had seen people who came by the winery who liked the wines but they couldn't afford it. And so uh-huh. for me, it was a double purpose to make a le- you know less expensive wine so people could leave with something 
Uh, and then when they had more money, they could upgrade. And the other reason was to select, uh, to take out of the grand wine the less tannic, the less powerful and interesting lots. And so that the grand wine became better. And then they had a second label that they, can, they could uh, push. The idea was to, if it worked, to buy both some more grapes or bulk wine and grow the brand. And so they did, it, did that a little bit, but uh, then I left. <laughs> it says, yeah. And then they sold, and then they sold, and so I don't know what they're doing now. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this anatomy in 2015, I just just for the for the listeners. Now, this is aged for 18 months in older French oak barrels. It's 100% Cabernet Sauvignon. It is 100% Napa Valley AVA, and we've talked about AVAs on the show before. So it it looks like it's it's got a good pedigree here. Uh, for wine, 14.2 alcohol. So it looks like it's got a very good pedigree here. So people are looking for something a little bit cheaper than the standard Napa uh, outrageous prices on cab. That's the way to do it there. You know. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, it's um, this one is working uh, really well during uh, uh, this time, during COVID. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because uh, it's less expensive, so the distributors are still ordering it, so that means they're still selling it. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Well, you only made, what, 1,300 cases on it, so. So, uh, on that vintage, because I had made a little too much in 12 and 13, oh. and so I had to run through some uh, inventory. But uh, right now, I'm selling about 4,000 cases of it a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I'm going to bottle about 3,200 of that, the 2018, in July, end of July. Oh, very good. Wow. So that's much much better. Now, let's go back to your your bread and butter, your Cabernet Sauvignon. I'm looking at your portfolio here of the wines that you have. And we're going back to the 12, 13, 14, couple of 14s here. I see Atlas Peak and then the Napa Valley 15. Are these, all these available still or have you sold they out are. on these? Yes, they, they are. are because I am currently selling the 15 because I aged the wines uh, five years. So they'll spend oh, okay. 20 months in barrel, and then I age them in bottle, and I release them because, again, of those tannins <laughs> that I like. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and so um, uh, and because I make age-worthy wines, uh, you have to extract. And if you don't extract, it will not age. And if you extract, yeah. that's uh, instead of everybody making a face when they try it, I just ate it and bring it out five years later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it can still be aged uh, too. That's the something wine else. Is, is to- but it's accessible. It's understandable. It, you can drink it. It'll, it'll age, but uh, you can drink it then. And so... Uh, it works out five years. So I have some of the 2012 uh, from the beginning, 12, 13, 14, 15, and on. Yeah, and, and all uh, of these are yeah. 
All these are French oak you yes, use for yes, everything. They're all in French oak. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, so and the, are the all Hesperians, of them? In Hesperian, I have three now. So you have the Kitoko Vineyard, which is uh, the one on Atlas Peak. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I have Wiza, which is a WAPO, uh, a Native American local language. Uh, Wiza means uh, West, West or in their language. And that's mm-hmm. a blend of Atlas Peak and Coombsville. Oh, and then okay. uh, the third one is called Pawa. And uh, Pawa is a blend, it means one in WAPO. So one wine for the blend of a few. Um, and uh, that's the blend of Atlas Peak and uh, the Napa block that I farm. Oh. Uh, and, but it also represents uh, uh, different degrees of ripeness. So, for example, the Wither is the early ripeness from Atlas Peak and the Coombsville. Oh. The Pawa is the middle ripeness of Atlas Peak and the Napa. And the Kitoko is the ripest at the peak. Oh. And so, yeah, so it, oh, there's also that twist uh, on, on the three Hesperians. So you, when you, are you getting more tannins on the later ripeness or? I, well, uh, the longer you wait, the more extractable the tannins are. And yeah. Yeah. so you get a bigger load of tannins, but they're rounder and softer tannins. Oh. And so that's why I've actually, from 2012 on, I've extended uh, my picking. Uh, I did some ripeness trials in 16. Uh, maybe I picked a little too early <laughs> on my first <laughs> two picks. But, you know, you have to do it to learn. Right. And, um, and then, so I've, I've been progressively picking later, but I also ferment less warm. Uh, so that you don't develop those pruny cooked fruits uh, characters. Uh-huh. Um, and so that sort of counterbalances the, the, the higher ripeness. So the Kitoko vineyard is going to be much richer, much uh, thicker, much denser, um, uh, a much bigger wine than the other two. Right, the bigger tannins they're, they're, they're and different uh, acid. They're different, uh, yeah, they're different uh, balances uh, of tannin and acid and fruits, all of the three of them. Uh, so it's interesting to taste them side by side. I can imagine. I noticed, too, on your wines that you're keeping the alcohol right around 14 and a half, a little over 14 and a half. Is that on purpose or is that just the yes. way that they're coming in? Yeah. I think, you know, if it's too high in alcohol, then it just, it's hot, it's aggressive, yeah. uh, and I don't like it. Um, yeah, I, I don't either. I, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not, you know, that attached to alcohol. Uh, for me, the pleasure of wine is the, is the flavor and the, and the mouthfeel. And so if I can have really good wine at a lower alcohol, much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, without question. Yeah, because the higher the alcohol, and, and I'm starting to see some wines coming out of California now, particularly cabs and uh, Zimidos that are jumping up to 16, even 17% alcohol. Yeah, going, you know, Whoa. Yeah. 
the pendulum is, is swinging back. Uh, you have less of those high alcohol brutes than uh, you used to. Uh, wines are becoming a little more balanced, I find, overall. Some have yeah, gone a little that... too, uh, too far down the acid trail, but, um, you know, that's unavoidable. That, that alcohol level can just overpower. I mean, just the first sip and you're going, whoa, you know, what, what's, yeah. you know. It's, it's and, just... You know, some of those wines are impressive, but you can only drink, I mean, I can only drink half a glass of it, and then I'm just like, bleh. Yeah, uh, it's, the alcohol whereas... is just too much, yeah. Yeah, whereas if the alcohol uh, is lower and the acidity is a little higher, uh, you'll drink more. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And the acid is yeah. not going to be too bad because you've got that tannins there to balance it out, too. So yes. that's going to help. And I, I drink wine with food also, so that, oh, that's also why the tannins, if I drank it on its own, then I would be more sensitive to tannins. But when you have the wine with food, it's oh, yeah. part of it, and it you know, kind of cleanses your palate. And it, it balances very well with with the food you're doing. I noticed you're only right. doing like you know, 250 cases on on all of these. Are you looking yes. at jumping up the amount of cases uh, on on your caps? Uh, on your... I will when I develop uh, when I have more wine club members. <laughs> uh huh. Um, so I have to um, develop, uh, you know, grow uh, at the same time as my customers. Because uh, uh, I grew yeah, faster yeah. than than my customer base at one point, <laughs> and then uh, you know there was this unbalance, and I was like, oh. oh. So I've learned. <laughs> I've learned. I learned from my mistakes. At least that. That's and, good. Um, and so they, uh, yeah, that's um, lower alcohol, like on the Chardonnay that I make for my clients. Last year's, I think uh, we are at twelve point five. Um, alcohol. That's 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 a good level for Chardonnay. That's a very but good level. The the flavors that are there, the mouthfeel is there. So why wait? Because then after that, you're only gonna get pineapple juice. Yeah, that's all, true. You know, the flavors yeah. all go to pineapple. So what's yeah. the point? And <laughs> and you you start losing the, the little finesse of the Chardonnay. You start losing Absolutely. the character of yep. a Chardonnay that way. Yeah. Uh, I want to point out something. Your wines are distributed in California, Connecticut, Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas, Michigan, Mississippi, New York, North and South Carolina, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. What's wrong with the rest of the country? <laughs> you know what? I was going to make a <laughs> I was all set up uh, to like do a big push this year. Mm -hmm. And then COVID came around. Uh, <laughs> and so imagine uh, yeah. me calling a distributor at this time, the, you know, this during this time of the year, going, "Hey, uh, would you like hey. a new label?" <laughs> Guess <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. Hesperian cab at one hundred and fifty dollars a bottle. Uh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Forget it. I uh, yeah, no. I so, I didn't see Florida in there because we used. Usually get Florida down here, and I didn't see Florida in there, so I was a little I, disappointed. I used to be in there with a small distributor, and uh, he is iffy. I don't know if he's still going, but basically uh, he owes me money, and uh, um, but that's been a few years now. And there's uh, a lot of very iffy distributors in uh, Florida. Southern, Southern <laughs> like is the big one. 
they're the one to use. Yes. You know. I tried Southern, but uh, I'm so out of scale that it's not even funny. Uh, they didn't do anything. Really? They're the big uh, one, though. But yeah. they do distribute yes, all the small stuff. You know, they're not... I'm too small e- for them. I'm way too small. Yeah. I'm just lost in their book, their portfolio. I don't give incentives to their salespeople and all that right. commercial stuff. You know, I'm like, hey, the wine's good. You, you do your programs. I've done my job. You sell it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yeah. simple. But that's what well, I think. <laughs> I had a winery also, and we didn't distribute through Southern for the simple reason that Southern is so big, and they just, you yeah. know, they didn't do anything for us. We were small, and yeah, you're they... You're lost in the Yeah, place. you are. You're just, you're, you're, well, it's just like a, almost like a bother because you're so small. I'm not going to make any money right. off of you, so I'm not going to do anything for you. And it just, yeah. I know, I understand what you're saying about so, Southern. So, like, smaller, you know, when you're small, you, you know, you take smaller distributors because they will take you. But their yes. finance, their finances are very iffy. Uh, so, and then the big guys are even bigger. So now, you try to get uh, middle-sized distributors who are more, you know, better off financially. But then but now everybody's so trying to get to these people, but not yeah. so big, so they can still remember your face and your name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it's it's and, it's a uh, tough part of so, the business. No, it really looking, is. I'm still looking in Florida for a good distributor, but um, it's not easy. Uh, I know. Uh, I used to have some yeah. contacts. <laughs> I've lost them now over the last couple of years. But if I think uh, of one, I'll let you know. Um, well, thank you. Okay, that's, really that's nice. uh, Mike is still out there. He never left us because I guess the storm didn't attack him so bad. Mike, do you have any questions for Philip? Uh, no, I I did notice that you are in the Atlas Peak AV, uh, Appalachian. Yeah, okay, I got it. Yes, and right. I was drawing yeah. up a map, a map from their uh, uh, website, the AtlasPeakAppalachian.com, and it does list you down there um, somewhere on Atlas Peak Road, but not officially open or not open yet. Uh, you're still a, a ways off, yes, but I just wanted to mention uh, you. Correct. Uh, we do do vineyard tours. Uh, oh, but um, I cannot pour wine to people uh, unless I have a tasting room. And to have a tasting room, you need a winery in the, if you're not in town, if you're in the county. And so since I don't have the winery yet, I cannot pour wine. But uh, I do my tastings uh, at what's called Kitchen Collective. So we do a vineyard tour. We come up here. We walk around. It's really beautiful, very wild. Um, and uh, people can ask any question they want on the vineyard, you know, uh, on econo- you know, on the economics of wine or whatever. Uh, I'm pretty open and easygoing. Uh, actually, I prefer people who ask questions. And mm. um, then I uh, then we go down back in in Napa, and then we taste at uh, the. Um, it's a private restaurant. And so that ways that makes it um, legal. Oh, very good. So you yeah. you do offer vineyard tours. When are you looking at being fully open and operational? The winery. Yes. Oh, I don't know. In three years. <laughs> three years. Yeah. Well, In if it took them two and a half years to... to build your house, you know. Oh. 
Well, this is, <laughs> this is a very specialized, I mean, it's a cave digger, so it's a very specialized job. Uh, and uh, he's a very nice guy. I've been talking to him for many years yeah. now because ever since I bought this place, I've wanted to put a cave up here. Uh, but it didn't work out in the first parcel I had. I had to buy the neighbor's parcel uh, uh-huh. to have direct access to the roads. And then there's nothing over there, and I can place the cave in the proper uh, place. Oh, okay. And so, yeah, I'm an optimist. <laughs> yeah, well, good. In, good. You know, uh, we'll see. They say it would take two years to build it, but um, so that we'll see. Yeah, well, I can uh, we say have to get out half of, years for a house. We have to get out of this, uh, you know, uh, see a little more clearly out of this uh, COVID crisis and see how we come out of it uh, because nobody knows right now. It, how are your sales through this? I mean, have you been able to maintain your sales at a reasonable level? So. I actually, uh, I did uh, right at the, I learned from the fire. <laughs> and so yeah, yeah. When, when this came, I was like, oh, great, another crisis. Okay, great. <laughs> let's do a sale. Let's do a big sale to my, uh, the list of emails of people that I have. I have about 6,000 people on uh, email. Wow. Uh, not all of them are clients. Uh, you know, not all of them buy, um, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah well. um, So I decided to do a, a big discount uh, so people could get three, six, or 12 bottles of my older vintages. So it was uh, a combo of four, seven, and 10. Mm. And they had some pretty steep discounts. Uh, for it went uh, down to 68% discount on the 12th wow. pack. Uh, wow. And so, you know, I don't react to a 10% discount. Most people don't and, anymore. You're right. You know, and so I was like, if I, if I want to have an effect, if I want to have a result, then it has to be a really interesting uh, discounts and um, and so I gave and you know I was looking at Europe that was ahead of here with the COVID and I was like this is going to be really bad I <laughs> didn't expect so many people <laughs> to buy wine so I actually had a, a nice big influx of cash uh, at the beginning and I just ran my wine club um, and that went pretty well because I also doubled my uh, wine club discounts mm-hmm. because we're all in the same boat. We're all That's hurting true. economically. So this helps me, but it helps the customer because he gets a good discount. That's and very true. so um, I, I think I lost three people because they, uh, you know, they got either laid off or they were not doing well uh, with the COVID. Yeah, and but, uh, you know, I mean, it, that's all you lost. You did good. That's that's great. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. We need to we need to get Hesperian on uh, the All About Wine email list because I'll I'll keep people informed when you're going to be opening and stuff like that. So uh, I'll have to put you on the okay, email yeah. list, and uh, then all that right, way I can keep keep announcing what's happening there and what's going on as I see things. Uh, speaking of email, give uh, give the customers 
all of your information, uh, your phone number, your email list, if you're on Facebook, if you're on Twitter, if you're on anything else, give them information so people can get a hold of you if they want to join the wine club, if any of that stuff. Uh, give us all the information on that. Okay. Um, so I'll give you my cell because it's easier to reach me. It's 707 uh, the email, uh, the website for the winery, for the wine is hesperianwines.com. Uh, I'm on Facebook. It's also Hesperian Wines. And on Instagram, uh, same, Hesperian Wines. And uh, I think that's all of my social media. Uh, I have somebody who does it for me. I'm really bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot, a lot of times that happens. I hear that a lot. I don't know. I got somebody does it. <laughs> yeah. So no, I just, first of all, I don't have time, and I just, I just don't get it. <laughs> if someone wants to join your wine club, uh, what's the best way? Just to give you a call or go to your website or you what? Can, uh, the easiest way is probably to go online because that way you'll find more information on the wines, on the, the winery, and all the info on there. You can choose wh- whether you want to join the three, uh, six, or 12 bottles twice a year uh, with the appropriate discounts, 10, 15, 20, and free shipping on 6 and 12. Uh, or not free. Uh, we can't say that. Uh, one dollar. <laughs> <laughs> one dollar. That's right. One dollar, shipping. Ten cents. One penny. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. And so we are going to run another promotion on the 2005 vintage. In uh, maybe a couple of weeks, once I'm uh, done right. with uh, running the wine club. So people need to get up and sign up because you're going to get yourself a nice, nice they discount do. on this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, if they sign up now, they will get that uh, double discount, uh, double COVID discount. <laughs> All right, the COVID discount. That's that's the way to put it. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> well, Philip, thank you so much for taking the time to join us tonight. You're uh, very well, welcome. This afternoon there. I really appreciate you were really very informative. It was nice talking with you. And good luck to the rest of this COVID and good <laughs> luck with the you know, the building of the winery and all that. And again, uh, I will get in touch with you and be sure that your emails come into the all about wine because I make a practice of announcing what's going on with the wineries and all that as the emails come in. So I'll keep everybody informed of what's going on with you. And All right, great. Fantastic. We'll, so uh, we will keep people up to date on Hesperian Wine. And again, thank you very much. Anything else, Mike, for you? Uh, no, I'm good. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for uh, for joining us, and best of luck to you. And I look forward to hearing about your opening and everything else coming up. Uh, it'll Wonderful. be a while, but, but you're, you on, you're on the yeah. right road. And, yeah, you're on the right <laughs> road. Thank yeah. you. I don't need another <laughs> catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> 
we will we will pray for no more catastrophes <laughs> uh, for sure so thank you philip for taking right. the time with us and right. uh we'll uh hopefully make it out there and visit the winery someday and and take a tour and all that good stuff for it with you so all right uh, super Okay. Thank you so much, and uh, I hope to see you when I go to Florida. <laughs> I would look forward to that. Thank All you. right, super. Mm-hmm. Bye now. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. <clears throat> that was fun. realized this whole time I have misspelt Hesperian. It's H E. <laughs> Don't go, don't go by my slide because I'm not uh, it's H-E, not H-I yeah. I just now saw it up there you mentioned that and I just looked yeah. H-E-S-P-E-R-I all my notes and everything I have H-I, I wrote that down how many times in here and I I was just looking at the tab I have Blog Talk Radio in one and I looked over membership and it says Hesperian I was like oh H-E, why in the world <laughs> <laughs> So if anybody's looking to I'm, sign up, it's h e s p e r i a n winery dot com. Okay. Or wines, I, I think it's wines. Yeah, it's wines wines dot com. So, it's spraying wines dot yeah. com. So, yeah. So with an e. Oh with an e. Gosh. Right. Yeah. Totally yeah. messed them up. Um. Well. Oh well. So we'll get that. Straighten that on the post. Did I put on the post too? I, yeah, well, I it's, put it even. It's, I even put it on the post on here. Oh my yeah, God. on everything. What? It's it's on everything. Stupid. Where was I? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> COVID nineteen. You were concerned. What's so. that? Wow. I'm usually pretty good about. I got his name right. Um, there we go. I just changed it on Blog Talk Radio. Wow, that was totally not. <laughs> Oh, there'll be an Not opening for a producer. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone interested in applying for this position <laughs> must be able to spell. <laughs> must spell. Yeah. Yeah, must spell correctly. <laughs> and if you don't know how, there's always places to find out if it's right. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, there are, and I'm looking right at it. Uh, I, I can see the spelling. Oh, boy. Oh, oh well, well, you know. I, yeah, I'll try it again next week. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Oh, bus yeah, people. bus I people. Hope, Let it, give I him a break. They are, give him a break. They are outside getting wet. So what? <laughs> are they? It's right in there. Yeah. That serves, it, well, that's yeah, why they're pouring down pretty good. Yeah. Woo. Is it? Yeah. It was pouring down here for a while. I mean, just really. Yeah, I kept um, looking really to see if down. you were still with us and you were still here. So mm-hmm. I figured hey, you were yeah, good. I'm surprised. Yep. Yeah. Now, tomorrow will be a clear day and, and the power will go out. So somebody will trip over the it's, extension it's, cord. and It's Florida. <laughs> it happens all the time. That's yeah. That's right. You never know. Um, you never know. So, so. <laughs> um, we are at the end of the show here. I believe it's almost eight fifteen. You have any last Is minute? It really? Well, um, yeah. Yeah. Anything last minute you want to add or? No, um, no, we're good. Everybody, be safe. Uh, stay hunkered down if you're supposed to be, and mm-hmm. and uh, keep your distance, and uh, you know. <laughs> 
wear your mask if you're supposed to and all the rules and regulations yep. and yep. listen to uh, all we'll about wine and drink wine. Yeah. yeah. And we'll be back uh, next Thursday. That's uh, May 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. If you want to catch us live or um, anytime, you can, you know, take us with you on uh, any of these apps that we're on and, and uh, in the archives. So we really appreciate that. So, uh, Thank you again, and uh, have a great week, and enjoy your wine. Thank you. See you next week. All right. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on the show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. Mm,